Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, November 14th. We are back on a Monday for the first time in who knows how long, uh, but it's good to be back in our normal time slot. Uh, Clay, my co-host, as always, how are you doing today? Are you, are Sorry, you Parker, I was just looking at it. I got two <laughs> screens going, but I am with you fully, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 a brain fart there. It's nice to be back on Monday night. It's nice to be back on our show, but I appreciate you helping me out and coming on to Game Over Vancouver with me on the Steve Dangle Network yesterday. We had a lot of fun. Well, we were fine. We were fun with each other, but uh, we were talking about another loss, but at least uh, we got to bring some Canucks After Dark love to the Steve Dangle Show. So thank you for joining me last night. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was a great time. Uh, it was, you know, sort of our, our same old thing, but I got to sort of take the passenger seat yesterday, <laughs> which was lovely. Sit in the back, put the feet up, answer uh, whatever topics you came up with. I can't, I had no notes. I had yeah. nothing. I just had a lousy Canucks game to talk about, which <laughs> I'm getting used to at this point. So I'm getting oh. pretty good at talking about Canucks losses, I think. I know, um, I know. So we got a good show tonight, yeah. uh, I think. We have the Hockey Hall of Fame induction night. Uh, was big tonight, so we'll have some good, maybe some reminiscing, you know, some some happy talk for a little bit, maybe 15 yeah. minutes or so, and then yeah. we'll talk about the pain and the misery of being a Canucks fan, um, and, you know, the whole coaching conversation, and, you know, who's going to take the reins, when's that going to happen, all this just garbage that's going on with the team that's won four games in the first month of the season, um, and is on, what did you say yesterday, 56-point pace? Yep, 56, man. That's too low uh, for keeping track. So we'll do all that stuff. And then, of course, we'll go to you, the people, as we always do. Clay, before we get started here, anything you want to uh, anything you want to hit on first? Yeah, well, I, I'm guessing, you know how we make a big deal of our little bets we do at the start of the season and how much fun we had and how close it was last year? Basically came down to one or two categories. I'm guessing that you and both of us kind of overshot a lot of our projections in our game. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Well, I actually, so the points have been pretty good, right? Okay. Like scoring wise, people have been scoring. I think That's I haven't true. checked, but I, I think our, our Demco prediction is not going to be great. <laughs> uh, I think our points prediction and playoff predictions aren't going to be great. Uh, but hey, there's still time for him to turn it around. Do you know what their odds are to make the playoffs right now? Well, okay, I, I did know that after they actually won a couple of games, it, it got as high, as high as 30-something. Yep. Then I presume it dropped down to 10 to 15? 19. They're oh. still in it. It's what? not over yet. Um, although I don't know if any teams played tonight that would impact that, although it's kind of in the Canucks' hands at this point. Yeah, Calgary um, only, I think. Calgary won. Yeah. And that's kind of it. So, yeah, no, uh, the, it's not. It's pretty pretty bleak at this point. You know, 1-5. Uh, you don't love those odds, um, so yeah, we'll we'll get to the sad stuff. But we're gonna start with the happy stuff, right? Yeah, some happy stuff. Speaking of happy, I see that. Well, you and Fangirl, what did you guys do? You you shared something like it says member for five months. Yeah, supporter. it just told me that I had been a member for five months and that I could just hit the button and it would send it. So sweet. I don't know. That's gonna happen. I think with anyone who joined day one, uh, they'll have that option to do that today. So, um, hockey awesome. Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hockey Hall of Fame. So tonight, uh, there were, I'm going to butcher these names because I actually, well, I know, I can say Daniel. So four former NHLers and Daniel Alfredson, the two Sedins, and Roberto Longo. Then you had the, in the builder category, um, what was the name? I, I should know this. The, I didn't watch it. 
Okay. I just watched the speeches. I I have I had no idea who got inducted. I know uh, they had the Finnish had, they had the Finnish the, women hockey woman hockey player Rika Salainen, yep. uh, and then the builder and then, was and then Herb Carnegie. Carnegie, very good. Yes, very good. I did actually. Um, I did. I was working out, believe it or not, so I didn't get a chance to watch the first part. But James Duthie referenced that. I guess uh, I don't know if it's Carnegie's wife or or. Um, did a really, really nice speech, apparently. One of the best in hmm. Hockey Hall of Fame history. So uh, maybe we should invite everyone to go check it out eventually. Um, uh, apparently, it was really good. Is that, that, that's beautiful to hear. Excellent. Yeah, no, I uh, I didn't even realize it was like that it was televised tonight. <laughs> um, so I was just watching TV, and then I was getting set up for the show. I was like, ah, oh, they did speeches. I should watch those. So I did watch them. Um, some good speeches, though. I mean, they started off with Daniel. Yep. Um, and he had a, a good little quip about, you know, commenting Henrik a bunch and then saying, you know, the, and then keep in mind, you're, you're up next. So yeah. can't wait to hear what you say about me. Uh, which yeah. was good. Um, how do we want to break this down? I mean, there's not much to break down, right? And then it was Henrik. And then he had one funny joke about, uh, how, you know, people asking who the better Sedin was. And he said, well, you look at, I missed 30 games and Daniel was a whole different player. And then uh, Daniel goes out with a concussion and I'm on a 45, I'm a 45 goal player during that time. That's right. Uh, which was very, very good. Yes, that was great. And he also, his very first line, he basically said that he's happy to be there because he just got out. Of, he got COVID last week, just got out of COVID protocol, that it was a close call. But he said, as many coaches have told me, a Henrik at 70% is still better at Daniel at 100%. That was a pretty yes, good line too. <laughs> that was great. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, nice to get a bit of a bit of humor out of them because um, you know we've always seen them as the sort of stoic, yeah. you know, stone face playmakers that you know were you know they they never really quipped with the media, but I'm sure mm-hmm. you know they were close with a bunch of guys in the room and um, and had that side to them for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And I want I want to talk about uh, kind of who they thanked and stuff like that. We'll get to Bobby Lou in a second, but there are already forty of you in here. That is awesome. Make sure you like the video. And also, one thing we'd like to invite you to do if you're on. Twitter or on uh, or on Facebook or wherever you you guys are. If you want to share that, you're just share the link to the show. Let's get more people in here so they can uh, join us and and join the Canucks After Dark community. We would appreciate that very much. What was fascinating, Parker, is they both. Um, I wouldn't say they they wrote their speeches together, but they followed a very similar track. Obviously, think, thanking their agents, thanking Mike Gillis, thanking a lot of the players they played with, um, and we'll contrast it Luongo in a couple of minutes. But I I thought it was good, and it, it made you know they both had really nice things to say about Burroughs, how much they love playing with them. It was it was Daniel who mentioned Anson Carter, right? That was kind of yeah, surprising to me. <laughs> that was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, we I I've always viewed Anson Carter as you know you think of it you know looking back it's like ah he showed up for a year he sort of rode their coattails put on a bunch of points and then yeah. and then started you know trash talking the city on national TV after. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I, I you know my opinion of Anson Carter hasn't been great uh, in the last couple of years, but. Um, yeah, you know, them sort of driving home the fact that, uh, or Daniel driving home the fact that he had a big impact on, you know, turning them in, like taking them to the next yeah. level, right? Telling yeah. them to take the initiative, you know, don't sit by and be the passenger to to, to be the peop- the players that can drive this team forward. And yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, if that had an impact or not, either way, um, his words clearly worked out. Yes. Did you see the cutaways to Aquilini too? It's kind of funny. He's just kind of sitting there like, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It Okay. I'm glad you're with me, man. It did not look, it wasn't the best look. No, no. He's sitting there sort of like leaned back, <laughs> just sort of like slouched, 
unhappy. Yeah. Like, I wish I didn't have to be here right now. Like, it's brutal. Yeah, it's your... <laughs> it's it's literally the best players in franchise history being inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You can't sit up straight for 40 minutes. Um, it yeah. was bad. Yeah, and, and sure, we're all sort of, you know, Aquilini, is, his stock is at the lowest it has been right. um, in this market right now, but... Man, it, it's just such a it's just such a bad look. And maybe they chose that time to cut away. Like maybe lean back <laughs> for two minutes and sat back up. But man, like don't give them the opportunity to to make you look like that. Yeah, it was not it was not great. No, it was not great at all at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, um, and then I think I, I'm pretty sure I saw Rutherford Rutherford in the audience, and I think I saw Cami Granado there as well. I'm sure Cami mm-hmm. Granado played against that that finished player uh, many times. So the, another reason to be there for her, but yeah, I, you know, I saw Sandine kind of on that side. Yeah. Cause uh, obviously the Sedins thanked a lot of the, uh, not Sandine, but the, the, the Olins and the Naslins and all the Swedes that were there when they first came over. And that was, that was nice. The, yeah. The Sedins between the two of them, they cover basically everyone they need to cover everything from management to ownership, to agents, to GMs, to, to yeah. uh, teammates. I, I, I thought they both did a really, really, and of course, ending with family, of course. And I th- thought they both did a really good job. Yeah, for sure. They, they both, you know, they, they were very pre-written, very, yeah. you yeah. know, you know, you know, by the book yeah. that right. you know, just go through the life story, thank each person yeah. along the way. And then you're done. Uh, and then, yeah, we got to Robert Luongo, who took a different approach, right? He yeah. he went up there with just notes, basically, yep. you know, no pre-written speech, no teleprompter going. Yes. Uh, and just had, you know, sort of went off the cuff, off the notes and took twice as long to get through. He, he did. His he, got, speeches. he got two. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think both the scenes were like right on nine minutes. And then Luongo <laughs> was like a, a good 19. Yes. It's funny you mentioned the teleprompter because uh, my wife, Gail, and I noticed it right away. It's, yeah. it's the Sedins were reading it. It's almost like though they put in page breaks because they were still <laughs> they were still flipping their pages, even right. though they weren't looking down at the pages. I, maybe that's a an industry trick or something. <laughs> maybe, yeah. No, you can always tell when a teleprompter is involved because they look a little bit through the camera, right? Yes. You can just you can tell that they're like reading every single word, just focused in, dialed at you, and it's like, hey, it's a little off putting. Um, <laughs> as opposed to the longer who's you know reading off the notes and and quipping and sort of looking around and right. sort of at the camera. But you're right. Not only did Luongo take a different approach in the way uh, simply he prepared, or at least he appeared to have prepared, but he really started from the beginning of growing up with his brothers, playing hockey in the basement, beating each other up, moving away from his family, billets, getting drafted, all those things. And it actually painted a really nice picture of all the people that are involved in in one's career. And I think that was really nice to hear from a guy as, as down to earth as Luongo to to recognize all those people, even his buddies, who he said half of them are still, uh, you know, single and, and living at home, which I thought was a very funny line. Yeah. But Luongo was great. And I think um, I loved Parker, how he started off. The, the very first thing he said was he looked at Henrik and Daniel and said, uh, as soon as I got the call, I asked if you guys were in too, because I, I wanted to go in with you too. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was very endearing. Um, yeah. and, it, and it does sort of paint a picture, you know, going back to 2011 and, you know, you get that bit of contrast with what we're seeing now and all the talk about, you know, the lack of culture and the country club vibe or whatever that is. Um, and and you, you contrast that with, you know, the talk about culture from, from Henrik and Daniel. And then you have, you know, Luongo's, you know, immediately saying, yeah, I, I hope I am going to have, you know, share this experience with these two people who I'm very close with, who I played with 
yeah. for eight years of my career. Uh, and that was, yeah, it was very endearing and nice to hear. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, I love how also that uh, Luongo, he didn't necessarily mention any teammates either in New York, Florida, or Vancouver, except for his goalie partners. And we, we know that the goaltending world is so tight. They're, it's, they're different animals, different breed, the way they prepare, the way they're superstitious. So I thought it was really great, especially he, he mentioned everyone from Danny Sabrin to, yes. to, of course, Corey Schneider, who he gave a lot of love to. I thought that was a really nice touch as well. Yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great speech the whole way through, um, you know, very heartfelt. Um, yeah, it was, it was nice. The, the amount of focus that was sort of on the Vancouver side, right? I mean, his best years were in Vancouver, um, mm-hmm. right? Even though he spent a little bit more time in Florida, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, not by a lot, but a little bit. Um, and of course he's in Florida now. So yeah, it was a, it was a great speech, you know, great all around. Nice to sort of get that sort of, uh, bit of closure, uh, yep. on each of them. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we're, it's unfortunate that, that, um, that hall of fame game for the Canucks isn't for another, you know, two and a half weeks, but I guess it's against Florida. So it makes yeah. sense why they do it then, but it would have been nice if they could have tied that all up, yes. um, you know, sort of in the same weekend or something, but that is a really good point. And I know Parker, you and I were talking about this just before we pressed record. Um, I, and I tweeted, uh, what we were talking about is I, I said, uh, about an hour ago, I said, hope that the current Canucks players, especially those to be considered the core, um, listen to what Henrik Daniel Brill had to say tonight because they they played with commitment, heart, pride, and a relentless drive to be better every day, and that's why they're Hall of Famers. And I, I wasn't trying to get likes or whatever. I was just simply saying the PDs and the the Horvats, Millers, Demkos, Besters of the world. I would I really hope that they they listen and were inspired by. It. I'm I'm not at all saying that they're going to turn it around now and this was going to be the turning point. They they might lose a few more games still, but how could you not? at least be inspired by that than thinking about uh, your own career. And if you, you aspire to be a champion or a hall of fame or whatever it is, you know, that's what it takes. And I know we're going to get into this. That's not what we've seen so far. No. And you know, the, there was the, the thought around Bieksa, you know, the same thing, right? Yes. Bieksa was in the room. We were like, Oh, maybe this will have, please let it have some sort of impact on the team and how they, (laughs) you know, how they are just as a group. And, it didn't, right? I mean, we saw we saw one fun game, uh, that Anaheim game, which feels exactly. like so so long ago at this point because it really is, right? I mean, when was that game? That was like over a week ago. Uh, the last, yeah. you know, that was November three third. Yeah. Uh, so eleven days ago, the Canucks have won once since then. Uh, so yeah, it's you know clearly it it didn't it didn't hit and it hasn't looked like it either on the ice. Yeah. I'm gonna pop quiz you, Parker, only because I have a point for this. Uh, name the four teams the Canucks have beat this year. All right. Well, that's definitely Ottawa and Anaheim. Yep. Because we just went over those two. Uh, and then Seattle and Pittsburgh. Very good. Oh, very good. You nailed it, as you should. Uh, not the strongest teams in the league. <laughs> no. No. Right? How's I mean, we checked on this last week. Pittsburgh is still losing a bit. They've won a couple yeah. games. They're 6-6-3, six, six, and three, right? They're struggling um, for who they were expected to be, right? Yep. Um, they beat Ottawa. <laughs> we know Ottawa's not good. We, they beat Anaheim. We know Anaheim's not good. Yeah. And uh, Seattle has been better than expected, but still a team that you know coming into the the season the Canucks were supposed to beat. So, yeah, no, it's uh, you know, they they've lost a lot. Yes, they have. And there's not and much uh, else to say. Yeah, and 
Man, I, I know we're going to talk about the two games on the weekend because we should we should at least reference those. But you look at the rest of November; it's not easy. I, I think there's a Buffalo, which they're good. There's a Vegas. There's a Kings. There's a Colorado. Isn't there a Tampa? I don't know. I know there's. Uh, I would say there's one game for the rest of the month that the Canucks might be favorited. San Jose. In. And that would be San Jose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that Buffalo game's in Buffalo. They'll be the underdog there for sure. Yeah. Um, and then they're at home to L.A., who's been good, Vegas. And then they're on the road in Colorado. Yes. And Colorado's been bad to start. And the problem is bad for them is 8-5-1. and one. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, they started off really slow, and now they're on a tear. So the Canucks are getting a hot avalanche team. Uh, Vegas has been unstoppable. And then, yeah, that San Jose game, they might be the favorite in, but it is in San Jose, right? Very oh. reasonable that the Canucks would be the underdogs there, too. Oh. And then at home against Washington to finish out the uh, the month. And then that's before that Florida game. Right, um, that's right. Which is the Hall of Fame game back at home on December 1st. Wow. Okay, so I think um, before we we transition from Hall of Famers to, to current Canucks players, Anything, anything revelatory or anything new? Like we, we, we're obviously both big fans. We, we know the Sedins. We know longer. We know their impact. We were fans back then. But was there anything that new that's come up to you either tonight or over this past four or five months as we've reflected on and got ready for this this event tonight? Yeah, not really. I think it. You know this this event. You know the ceremony didn't mean much to me right yeah. like the speeches are nice and everything but for me it was the fact that they got in right that was the moment the moment yeah. that it got announced that they made it right the rest of it's sort of you know it's it's the stuff that has to get done right they got to do their speeches all that stuff but i think that game on december 1st will be big um yeah. you know i'm looking forward to being in the building for that um mm -hmm. and that'll be that'll be i think the highlight more so than you know the speeches although luongo scoring yesterday was pretty sick <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah that's great that you're yeah we'll, we'll both be at the game that night against florida which is pretty cool well yeah no i agree with you this um luongo's always been my favorite player and uh, obviously have a huge respect for him and what the scenes and uh, you know they did they reference it but they i think it was uh kind of overlooked a little bit how much they did in the community i can't i think they mentioned it in their in the video tributes and stuff but Luongo the scenes were mainstays in in Vancouver community and, and charities as well, and I think that's another reason why they are so revered here in in Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. There, there's nothing to dislike about yeah. any of them, and it makes it makes it really easy to root for them. And yeah, uh, they got in. Um, but now we have to talk about the the sad stuff. Yeah. Uh, so how many games have they played since we? <laughs> Since we were on what we did Wednesday last week, right? So just two, the two weekend ones. I think yeah, we talked after that Montreal game um, where they lost five two. Yeah, so they played Toronto on Saturday and they blew a two goal lead. Yep. <laughs> Any thoughts on that game? They well, a, a few big big spotlights. Jim Rutherford's there. Patrick Alvin's there, Cameron Granado's there, Hockey Night in Canada, Spencer Martin gets a start, big, big, all this talk about, you know, the hoopla around the Hall of Fame and all this talk about, uh, are they going to meet with Horvat's agent while, who lives in Ontario while they're there? Apparently they didn't. But just the national stage of Hockey Night in Canada and the Canucks, um, yeah, I wouldn't say they escaped with a 2 nothing lead. It's not like 
they weren't the superior team, but they weren't inferior. I think it was a pretty even first period, but they they came out with a two nothing lead and everything looked great to start. But it was just a, a matter of time. You can't keep Austin Matthews. Well, if you don't check him, you can't keep him off the off the score sheet. <laughs> yeah, it turns out giving Austin Matthews thirty feet of space at the top of the circle is not a recipe for success. I didn't see what uh, happened on that goal. I, that was a that was a power play goal, right? Power play goal. The entire yeah. Canucks team was in the corner. Uh, like I think two guys were in the corner, one guy was on the wall. Like it was. So how does the the forward Parker that's supposed to be on that side, even if he shades a little bit to the middle, why is he in the corner? Well, they don't really have sides on the penalty. <laughs> that's right. Kill, that's right. right? The you forwards sort of stack right, and they end up just yeah. on top of each other at the top of the slot, like we talked about yesterday. I. I you know, I can see how they might get confused and both think they're the ones supposed to go to the wall or, you know, it, it happens sometimes where you have one guy going to the wall and like you think he's winning the battle and you see like, ah, yeah. that puck is about to just come out a little bit and I'm going to just swoop in and take it. And then you are completely out of position if you're wrong and it's a goal the other way. Um, yeah, Canucks looked good, looked fine in the first period. It was yep. an even first period. You had the Horvat tip. You had yes. uh, a nice Miller shot. Uh, actually, unreal Miller shot. Uh, I still don't know how it went in. They showed that one angle from like Miller's perspective. Yes, it's like he looks like he shot it through, like literally phased it through two bodies and then yep. in. Um, so that was cool. And then they come out in the second period and they are completely asleep at the wheel. Second period, yeah, they all shot. 17 to 10 <laughs> yeah I mean, Toronto's a good offensive team right you you can't you can't allow 17 shots when you have guys like Jordy Ben yeah. taking those shots then you're gonna be and, in trouble and of all the two things that you can always it's, it's it sounds like we're being sarcastic but it's proven time and time again I know either you are you, you know already yeah, well, I know your first one's related to that, but I think I know the second one too. Okay, well, I was gonna say we can't beat a goalie that's never yep. never heard of, right? Backup goalies, or, yeah, yeah. That's that's was my other one. Yep. Very good. That's why that's why we get a, or ex players, ex Canucks, and yeah. So it's not just like it's an ex player who doesn't score that many goals. It's an ex player who doesn't score. He, this is his first. Doesn't goal. even play. <laughs> this is his first what, game of the season. And why is he the one tapping it in beside the net? <laughs> yeah. It, it's literally, he's played, you know, he's scored 26 NHL goals in almost 600 games. Jordy Ben has played a lot of hockey and he has played his first game this year. And yeah, he scored uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. He played here. He played a total of 75 games. He had two goals yep. Uh, yep. and he has half of that in his, you know, how much, how much ice time did he have? <laughs> uh, Jordy Ben, Jordy Ben, Jordy Ben played. 17 and a half minutes and scored. Um, wow. Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, that, yeah. that Matthews goal, obvious failure by the penalty kill, which yeah. is the least surprising thing I've ever said. Um, the second goal is a complete defensive failure in front, right? There's just, it's a, it's, it's just losing every battle, right? Like the puck yeah. is in front of the net for way too long. You have to get one stick on it and clear it. Right, you yep. have to just win once. You have to win one puck battle, and they lost every puck battle. Uh, and then the Jordy Ben goal, you just have Jordy Ben on the doorstep for a rebound. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, just just a disaster. Uh, a disaster is you know eight minutes for the Canucks, and then they they just you know couldn't pull it back out. Um, Toronto shut yeah. it down. The um the what was I going to say? Is it either about the angle or the the bend goal? 
were both of those Parker? Oh no, I was. I know what I was gonna say. Isn't it crazy how when the opposition scores, usually, and I know we kind of joked about the start of the season, but it's still true. Miller's on the ice. If a team scores on the power play, it's usually because not because, but Miller's on the, the penalty kill unit that's there. Even strength that, that I remember tweeting. I said, please do not play um, Stillman Bear. Besser, Miller, Mikheyev on the same line yeah. together, or the same shift together. Because the very first shift of the game, they were pinned, I remember, for a minute and a half. And then they were pinned on at least one or enough, if not two of the even strength goals. They're so bad. Yeah, no, it is it is genuinely astonishing that JT Miller is out there for seemingly every goal against. Uh, he was a minus two that night. Uh, and yep. he was on for both Canucks goals, but it was a power play goal. So that doesn't count. Right. Um, on your plus minus, uh, right. I am curious. I don't remember five v five Canucks on yeah. ice. JT so if he was minus Miller. two, that means he was on for t- the two. Yeah, no, he was on yeah. for every goal that night. Um, so JT Miller at five on five um, had a expected goals for percentage of thirteen point five percent. And what are you supposed to be at? Fifty. <laughs> so he was while well, he was on the ice at five on five. The Vancouver Canucks were projected to score zero point three goals, and have two goals against. So a net minus one point seven goals with him on the ice during just thirteen and a half minutes. Keep that in mind as well. Um, by far the most expected goals against. Actually, Brock Besser was slightly worse um, at two point two expected goals against while he was on the ice. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only Canuck above 50% in that game was Connor Garland, and just barely. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. By the way, uh, Carol said, uh, thank you for the donation, Carol. She says, I was wondering if it's going to be a big smash. Maybe you mean splash, but big smash or splash with the team. I heard there's a press conference scheduled. I did not know that about a press conference. Did you? I didn't hear anything about a press conference. Okay, Carol, we're going to look it up very frantically. Parker types... A lot quicker than I do. So he's going to look it up. But thank you, Carol, for the donation. Let's give Carol some love in the chat. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, I don't see anything. Okay. Unless I am missing something. Yeah. Uh, but I just right. searched Canucks press conference on sure. the on the Twitter machine. Yeah. So we'll see, Carol. I, I know, Carol, that there's a lot of talk that even if the Canucks are looking at doing something, whether coaching staff or player, they would they wouldn't have dared done it today when the focus needs to be on the Sedins and, and Luongo for sure. Yeah, would have been a terrible time to do it. So <laughs> yeah. I uh I'm glad they didn't do it today. Yeah. Um but yeah, we're at the point where something's probably gonna happen. So walking uh you know if you take losing t- three two to Toronto in Toronto in a vacuum, it's not so bad. But that was nope. just after they lost to Montreal after starting the road trip off. So now they go into the next game in Boston. One, oh, actually, I was going to ask you about Spencer Martin. His first regulation loss in 11 games. Yep, he is human, unfortunately. Yep. And he was yep. still good. Three goals against on 34 shots. Totally yep. fine. Uh, and yeah, you mentioned this game in a vacuum, right? A 3-2 loss to the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Yep. Whatever, right? The yep. problem is that it was, you know, seemingly a, another lackluster performance, and it was their sixth blown multi-goal lead in 15 games, right? Like, if this is a one-off, like, ah, they blew a two-goal lead in Toronto, that sucks. 
but it's it's the pattern that just keeps on it's this it's this pattern that seems so impossible right to blow a two goal lead right how often do teams blow two goal leads it's not very often a team with a two goal lead at any point in the game i imagine they're winning like 80 percent of the time yeah right yeah and you know even if the other team ties then it's still 50 50 right so yeah i imagine they win 80 percent of the time but the canucks have have done it for in 40 percent of their games this year they've blown two goal leads Include, was it the first four, first five of the year? I think it was the first four that were multi-goal, and then maybe after that it wasn't multi-goal, but it was still a blown lead. Which is uh, yeah. something like that. Uh, I know they blew it in Columbus for sure, because uh, that was the game I watched on the plane. Um, <laughs> and then the one against the Wild, which was their fifth game of the year, they only had a one-goal lead. Okay, so they stopped their streak. Of multi-goal blown leads at four. <laughs> yeah, now they're just blowing one-goal leads or three-goal leads at times as well. Wow. Okay, I don't want to talk about Toronto anymore. Let's move on to the the next night, the night that uh, a game that we covered together for Game Over Vancouver, and that was uh, a lot. We knew whether you called a schedule loss or just an anticipated loss or heck, this is going to lo- be a loss. Playing against the Boston Bruins, who are thirteen and two going in, who had a ninety-five percent penalty kill. <laughs> Yeah, no. This is the team that is their un they, their pen, their penalty kill is the polar opposite of Vancouver, yeah. Um, and their power play is really good, so yeah. you knew that if the Canucks took penalties, they would get scored on. If the Canucks had power plays, they probably wouldn't score. Now, everything went even at special teams. Special teams was was absolutely not the problem, not at because all. both teams had six power plays. Both teams scored two goals. That's a wash. That's a wash. Problems five on five. Yeah, yep, and um, I don't know if they seem maybe because Boston is so good, Parker, but they seem more scrambly in front of Demko. Not because of Demko, but the Clifton goal. Everyone uh, that was the one where Hall just went right through the middle, and Horvat tried to chase him around the net, and Horvat stumbled, and then all heck breaks loose, and then there's some interference uh, supposedly on Demko from OEL and his guy, but in essence, Hall puts it to Clifton, and Clifton just you know, one times it. And then, like the the two power play goals, the Bergeron one, they they you could tell they're setting up that play with Bergeron in the middle, and because they they just missed it ten seconds earlier or fifteen seconds earlier. But Bergeron's so good of that that slap pass into the middle and the deflection. But you're right. Then the Zach one was a killer because that was four on four. That was even five on five, but it was even strength. And and they give up a goal. Uh, Zach is only his third his third goal of the year. So uh, that was a backbreaker because that made it three one as opposed to two two. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 just silly, right? They go into the period down a goal or into the second yep. down a goal, and yeah, they're still in it. Uh, but yeah, you know, you allow that Zach a goal, a guy who you shouldn't be allowing to score on you very often. <laughs> you know, Connor Clifton had the first one; it's only his second of the year. Oh gosh! Um, and and Brad Marchand has only played like five games this season, but he has five goals. Yeah. Um, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. Uh, yeah, the thing is, analytically, the Canucks were fine this game, mm-hmm. right? Analytically, the Canucks were the better team, surprisingly. Uh, hmm. At five on five, uh, first period was even, analytically, yep. um, and the Canucks were down one, five on five-wise and in total. Uh, yep. Second period, the Canucks were the better team, analytically, uh, at uh, 61%, and then 60% in the third period. Wow. The problem is... These numbers are so small because at five on five, there's only about 40 minutes played. 
So the second period, there was only 12 minutes of five-on-five time. And in that time, the Canucks were expected to score half a goal to the 0.3 of Boston, right? And then the third Mm. period, 0.4 to 0.26. So there's such small gaps that there's lots of variance there. Um, High danger chances, 6-4 to in favor of Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'll just say right now, six high danger chances at five-on-five in a game is not enough. Yes. Right. And sure, it's only 40 minutes, but like that means once every eight minutes, you have a real chance at scoring, which isn't great. Oh, um, or I guess once every seven minutes, if my yeah. math is better. But yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it, you know, the Canucks just weren't generating much um, yeah. as a whole. And Boston found some opportunities to score, you know, those two goals that made the difference. Uh, if yeah. When it empty ender away. Sure. If we talk about, uh, so we did a pretty good job of breaking down some of the goals. It, I want to ask you about three personnel things. Two of them are Russians, and one of them was um, was on D. So Russians making news, Kuzme- not their fault. Kuzmenko, healthy scratch, first time of the season. Pod Colson, after only playing two minutes at the 14-minute mark, gets in a scrap and that he lost a little bit. The other guy's a little bit of a goof, but I know we joked around yesterday. He just has a tough guy name. What, A.J. Greer? Is that his name? <laughs> Who, by the yeah. way, did you hear that he was getting, he got like a, a yeah. stupid message from a Canucks fan yeah. today? Well, I noticed that message was from someone living in Ontario, so oh. it could have been a Sens fan. True. But yeah, no, um, yeah. Pro tip for everyone out there, uh, especially if your Twitter pro or your Instagram is your public name and photo, <laughs> uh, don't go into uh, anyone's DMs. Even yeah. if, hey, you know what? Here's a really pro tip. Even if you are anonymous, <laughs> don't go into people's DMs and use homophobic slurs. Don't do that. That's my that's my hot take for the day. Uh, yeah. yeah, shout out to AJ Greer for calling that guy out. Uh, I like him now. Um, why are all the Boston Bruins becoming so likable? That's <laughs> what I've noticed, right? You saw well, you saw that clip of Pasternak going up to Tage Thompson before that Sabres game, asking about how his wife's doing. Because I guess was it Pasternak? Like, I thought it was Marshan. Was I it think Pasternak? It was Pasternak? Okay, yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, no, it was Bergeron. Uh, it was those three are just all so good. No, I'm now I'm I curious. Okay, uh, it was definitely Bergeron. Um, but yeah, like, like things like that, um, you know, it's hard not to, you know, start to start to like those guys a little bit. So, um, yeah, nothing against AJ Greer. Yes, no, no, not at all. And so, so tell me what you thought about Kuzmenko being a healthy scratch first and foremost. I'm not too surprised. Uh, he's got, I mean, he's got, you look at this, and I said this yesterday, look at the stats, he's got 11 points, 15 games. Why would you scratch this guy, right? He's on like a 50-point pace, 55, 60-point pace. That's fantastic. Um, but his ice time has been slowly dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Mm. Uh, analytically, the past couple of games, he hasn't been very good, um, right? Maybe I'll use the Habs game as sort of a, to see if I can verify that. Yeah. Um, was I right or was I wrong? Expected goals, load, expected goals. Kuzmenko was second worst on the team at five on five, yeah. right uh, behind Jack Studnika um, at five on five, especially. And then, you know, it, uh, adding some power play looks a little bit better. But yes. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the he's been struggling a bit, his ice time's been dwindling. Uh, he only played 14 minutes the the game against Montreal. I think that was lower the following night. Um, he's only played 50 games in a season, something like that in the KHL. You know, could be a fatigue thing, could have some minor injury that, you know, just like, hey, maybe I should take a night off and 
and and let it heal up because we got two days off after this things along those lines um but yeah i it, you know it sucks that he's not in the lineup every game um mm -hmm. would he have made the difference yesterday i doubt it yeah yeah no I, i'm with you i i agree with that he as we talked about yesterday he doesn't create a lot of his goals opportunistic and it's great he knows where to go to get tips and deflections but uh or one-timers but yeah he doesn't create a lot so I, I i agree with you parker i could see why if the analytics weren't in his favor maybe they're looking for a bit of a spark and i think it ha also had a lot to do with the fact that they put miller on the wing so now you need a center i.e dries with lazar out so now you have to go uh pd horvat dries oman down the middle because you have no other centers if you move Miller to the wing that means you're you have to bench a winger basically yeah and yeah. obviously moving Miller to the wing is the right decision we all know <laughs> that there's no arguing um JT Miller sucks at center like just like playing like not you know just the defensive half of it right like it doesn't yeah. work and then he puts up a ton of points when he plays the wing play him on the wing it works better mm -hmm. the problem is yeah now you have Patterson, your, your centers are locked in, right? You have Patterson, yes. Horvat, like you said. Yeah. Um, Oman, and, and in this case, Dries. Yes. Um, at, at least while Curtis Lazar is out. Uh, and now with Pod Colson out, now you need to fill in a wing spot, which you That's have right. Andre Kuzmenko to fill in that wing spot. And then, so, so that go. means we'll probably hear of a, a call up, perhaps. It, it, only if Pod Colson's hurt. If he's fine, then they got to figure out who's playing. But yeah. Right. Yeah. And I imagine the fact that he didn't return yesterday. I, I have my doubts that maybe yeah. he's back in the lineup tomorrow. I haven't I don't think anything came out. Right. Um, no, you're right. Over the course of today. So Podkolzin uh, fights Greer, but it's funny, it was not funny. It, that wasn't the first fight of the of the game because Kyle Burroughs had to fight Thomas Nosek because Burroughs we didn't lay out Pasternak, but got a, a, a decent shot at Pasternak and then Nosek comes and fights Burroughs and that was eight minutes in. So then this fight, uh Podkolzin and Greer was the second fight of the period and Pakosin didn't do so good. <laughs> no. Yeah, he did lose the fight. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and he was on the bad end of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Sucks that he'll, he might be out for a little bit. Um, hopefully he's okay, though. Sure. One other lineup. Uh, I know we talked about it yesterday, but not everyone saw yesterday's show with with Game Over. So, uh, they re-put in. Uh, they inserted uh, the aforementioned Kyle Burrells. For Riley Stillman, so ahead of Stillman and ahead of uh, um, Rathbone as well. Good move. Good move, I think. He's he's better than those two right now. Yeah, Kyle Burrows should be in the line of every game. Yeah. And he should be playing 20 minutes a night. <laughs> like, genuinely. He is <laughs> far and away. Um, like, he's like he's like a, the fourth best defenseman at worst on this hockey team right now. Mm. Right? Like, are you going to put him below Oliver Ekman Larson? I'm not. <laughs> right? I think he's better than Ethan Bear right now. He's better than Ekman Larson. I think Quinn Hughes, Luke Shen are yep. both ahead of him. And I think he's kind of on the same level as, you know, Tyler Myers on a good day. Right now, uh, yes. A good yeah. day for Tyler Myers, not a good day for Kyle Burroughs. Uh, I think <laughs> Kyle Burroughs is, is, you know, he played more than Tyler Myers did last night. Keep that in mind. Um, right. But, I mean, Tyler Myers was in the penalty box for six minutes. So Burroughs wasn't there for five. So... Okay, yeah, there you go. That By the way, uh, Jasper saying that Podkolzin did practice today. I'm actually searching through all my tweets to see. Yeah, I didn't see much, um, but that is good to hear. I saw a Murph tweet where he said, uh, the casual way that Podkolzin left the ice last night was seeing how his face looks now. Well, the young man is tough. So I'm assuming he's uh, 
not looking too too good, but I didn't see anything about him uh, practicing. Yeah, I you know, so it. yeah, at least the guys that I follow, um, the the ones that usually tweet out, you know, line combinations. Yeah, yeah. Wait a sec. It says November fourteenth, day off. The Canucks yeah, PR. That's why they didn't practice today. They had to travel. They traveled. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing about puck holes and Jaskren's lying. Well, hey, 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 hey I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Uh, Pod Colson, name your... Uh, not Pod Colson, what are you talking about? Jaskrin, name your source. Name your yeah. source. Get your source out here, because um, <laughs> I think you're wrong. Uh, all right. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, hopefully Pod Colson's in the lineup. Kyle Burrows has a spot in this lineup. I, I don't see yeah. him coming anytime soon. It's bizarre that he was out at any point, um, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I think that wraps up these two games. So let's sure. do it. Let's do our prediction for the next... The next, what is it? Two, yeah, how many we got? three hockey games. Cause okay, so I, I just, uh, it's funny. I love how uh, we plan these things in front of everyone. I'm actually going to the Golden Knights game, Vegas Parker, game? On, the, on the 21st. Um, so we so will. This is our last Monday show. <laughs> <laughs> so we will likely. Good run. Yeah, we'll likely do Tuesday or Wednesday, but we will let you guys know for sure um, next yes, week. Yes, we yeah, will yeah. let you guys know for sure next week. Keep in mind, hey, next Next Wednesday, uh, Canada plays Belgium in the World Cup. What so, time? It's morning uh, for us, 11 right? 11 a.m. Yeah. Okay. So I will take a nice long lunch break. Soccer after dark. Yes. Um, Canada after dark. Yeah, we'll talk about it if that shows on Wednesday. But hopefully it's yeah, on that's, you know, Tuesday or whatever. Or yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. But we'll workshop yes. it. So three we, games. We, three games. At least. Canucks at Sabres tomorrow, 4 p.m. Canucks win. Inspired by Hockey Hall of Fame. Canucks lose four nothing. Uh, <laughs> Kings Canucks Friday night seven p.m. Two days of rest between that one. Canucks win. Avoid uh, Jersey being thrown on the ice. Uh, Canucks go down four two in the third period. Jersey goes on the ice. Canucks come back and win anyways. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is good. I like. I like. I, I got to step up my game for my third prediction. Okay. So and Vegas. Then, Monday, 7.30, the 21st, uh, Golden Knights Canucks. Another late Monday game. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, they did that a month ago against the Hurricanes on the 24th. Um, what did they sure have against Tuesday they... morning? That's weird. Yeah, that is that is weird. Um, so, yeah, Monday late game, 7.30. Okay. that I, I say the Canucks lose because Vegas players are used to being out late because it's Vegas. No, that's the worst reason ever. I think um, Vegas is playing really well. You can't. You can't take that away from him so i although i'm predicting wins somehow i don't know why i that i'm predicting wins in buffalo and at home against la i say they lose against vegas so i i'm going two and one over the next three i think they lose against vegas too uh i am saying they go one and two with that one being in overtime against la Um, okay but yeah my my hopes are very low uh unless unless the canucks win all three of these games and then we're back we're right back in it. Um, <laughs> that playoff percentage is going to go from 19 to what? 29. Minimum. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, probably not going to happen, but it would be sweet. Um, but, you know, hey, it's while we're here, while we're here, while we're here, let's just we're, we're at that point, right? Do we, yep. what, what are your I know you're not a tank guy. You won't even say the word. I can't even say the word. Uh, let's just do a quick lottery simulation while we're <laughs> in okay, November. Fine, fine. Go ahead. The Canucks move up to spot two. 
so look at How'd that. you find look that it. so fast? What site I, did you go to? Uh, Tankathon. Uh, oh. You can't even type that in, unfortunately. Uh, you have so, to send me the link. I'll click yeah. on it. <laughs> uh, San Jose moves up four spots to the top. Oh. Ah, uh, oh, it's nice to be doing Draft Lottery Simulator in November. Um, all so, right. Okay, so if, if we... If we allow the last five minutes, because we'll, we'll go to 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, so if we allow the last five minutes for the people, which is great. By the way, like like the video. There's 83 of you in here. There's only 24 likes. Uh, help us out. Hit the like button. Thank you. The last five minutes, I want to ask you, um, go either way. Take one of these two. Do you think Boudreaux survives this month? And or what kind of reaction are the Canucks going to get on Friday at home? And does the result of tomorrow night's game even make a difference in that? The month is an interesting time frame because that is that is two a bit over two weeks from now. Yep. Oh, that's seven hockey games with the chance for something to happen. Seven hockey games against six good teams. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of chance for for a couple bad losses, like yeah. like either big blowouts or big blown leads. Um. The the Canucks loss that was the trigger last year was on December fourth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I'm gonna say he doesn't make it to the end of the month. If Rutherford is telling the truth and he has autonomy, I think yeah, I think the end of November is. Uh, I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah, hold that thought, Parker, because it's a really good point that we talked about yesterday, and I want to bring it up. And Gio Reber, thank you for bringing this up. I used to subscribe to this argument too. I, yeah. So I, I'm 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 giving you props. I thought, yeah, there's no way that Equilini, as cheap as he is, will want to pay Green's last year of his contract, Boudreaux's half a year of contract, and then hire a third coach. But uh, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, it came out that uh, Rick Dollywell talked to Rutherford. Rutherford said he would, if he, if the move is right, he would have no problem paying a third guy. And then someone smartly yesterday said, well, he could just name himself interim coach, and he's got a new guy, but he doesn't have to pay him. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I mentioned yesterday that um, the whole paying three coaches thing is yep. is kind of bizarre to me. Uh, one, he could name an interim, right? Yep. If he wants to move Yo to that position, which isn't going to solve anything. It's not. It's just not. Hey, people aren't really high on him, are they? Like no one likes him. No, because he's not really been a good coach anyway. <laughs> he hasn't had any success. Um, yeah, I. I the the problem is Rutherford says that, right? Yep. He says that he has autonomy. But like I said yesterday, so has every GM slash president in the entire history of this organization. And right. they have all said after the fact, well, no, there was some some, you know, some puppet spring strings being pulled from above. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm kind of I don't know what to believe. I, I believe that Jim Rutherford believes that he has autonomy, but like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think Aquilini wants to take that couple million dollars of hit because, you know, that would impact his his already billion dollar wealth. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. It's so weird. Yeah, that that's a really good point that you make. The fact that what we're talking about, yeah, one or two million dollars on a what. Would you say eighty six? Like, what do we have? An eighty five million dollar payroll. Yeah, team? their their current cap is like eighty eight and a half million dollars when you take LTIR into account, right? Like, what's another one or two? And sure, yeah. one or two million dollars to us is a ton of money, yeah. but a million dollars to a family that's worth billions, yeah, 
is nothing, right? Yes. I mean, like, uh, like if, if someone told me, like, hey, uh, look, the Canucks are trying to make the playoffs. Their coach is the problem. Mm-hmm. And if we replace this coach right now, the Vancouver Canucks will be a playoff team. But we need you to pay $500. Right. I'd be like, all right. I get, uh, you know what? I'll take one for the team. Yeah, I'll make it work. I'll spend $500 so this team makes the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I'll spend more money on playoff tickets. And then everyone's yeah. happy. Um, so if, right. if like, it's one of those things where, like, just the, the level of wealth we're talking about, like, a, a couple million dollars, sure, if that's happening every time, every year, it adds up. But, I mean, yeah, if it's causing a couple million dollars every year for the next 20 years, let's say, still not really making a dent in his day-to-day. So, you know, things sure. like that are... It, it, bugs me parker how's this for some symmetry or sort of it wasn't lost to me that later in the month we have that road trip that goes colorado and vegas remember last year in november we had a road trip that had games in colorado and vegas it was was two weeks earlier we lost 7-1 in colorado then we lost 7-4 in vegas and then uh we came home and yes, you, you're right. December 4th, we had that 4-1. We actually won two games before that. We beat Montreal and Ottawa. Then we came home and got blitzed by Pittsburgh. And then we went on that run of beating LA, beating Boston, beating Winnipeg, beating Carolina, beating Columbus, beating San Jose, and then having some games wiped out because of COVID. So all to say, if you equate that to this year, we do have uh, that little mini road trip against Colorado and Vegas. And then if you want to equate time frame, I'm just saying... Yes, we have the game on the first, the Hall of Fame game, and we have no game on the fourth, but we do have third and fifth this year, Arizona and Montreal, also games at home. It would be crazy if we saw a repeat to the day or within a couple of days of last year, but that would entail Boudreaux even making it that far, which you said might not happen. Yeah, and again, yeah. I think it's one of those things where if, if they have the power to make that move, that move is coming in the next month, uh, yep. unless the Canucks go on a crazy run here. Yeah, which, you know they won a few games and then they lost a bunch of games, and that's you know they the second they started crawling out of the hole they dug themselves in they fell right back into the hole, yeah, um, and have lost three straight games all in regulation now. Uh, you know we're talking about a team that has you know sixty six games to go. Yeah, right. And like we said yesterday, you said it. They got to go like forty twenty and six <laughs> yeah. to have a chance. This is not a team that I see getting 40 wins out of the next 66 games and forcing another 6 to OT. No, they, um, yeah. you know, it's just that just seems so unrealistic. So, well, great job. Uh, so I predict 2 and 1, you predict was it 1 1 and 1? 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Okay. Let's do 10 minutes of people and let's start with this one. I saw a couple people asking about Rachel Dory. Justin says, "Join late tonight. Any discussion of the thoughts of Rachel Dory's comments today?" First statement from her directly, can't say much, but has confirmed lawyers. Indeed, uh, Daily Hive uh, ran a story saying that, uh, yeah, Rachel appeared on a podcast today. It was Monday. I can't remember the name of the podcast. It's, her, uh, it's the one she had with Mike Stevens from before. Ah, so she basically couldn't say anything. She flat out said she's hired a lawyer. Everyone knows that. She made a, a, a comment about um, someone decided to go public with the fact that she left the team. Um, so good on whoever did that. I think it was kind of sarcastic. But in essence, yeah. she praised Smeal. She praised the Sedins. Didn't mention Rutherford, Alvin, Granado, Castonguay, anything like that. And just said, um, we can't say anything. And so a whole lot of nothing, but it's the first time that she did actually talk. Yeah, and you know, I, there's so much vitriol on Twitter and, and it's, you know, 
clearly because she's a woman, right? Yep. That we see so many people just spewing garbage in the in the comments. You know, we don't know yeah. anything, right? Yep. Like we, we, you're gonna, you know, there's a bunch of people that are being just blatantly, you know, antagonistic because it's a woman, and they think that you know women have are are you know worse hockey minds or something along these lines. Um, things along those lines, you know, we don't know anything. If she was wronged in some way and she has retained a lawyer seemingly because she believes she was wronged. And, uh, if that is the case, I hope that she, I hope she gets some money from Francesco. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we don't know what happened. I'm sure it'll come out. You know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we might hear some things, uh, about the legal matter where it happens. If mm -hmm. she was wronged, I hope she gets made whole. Uh, and she said, yeah, she doesn't want to work in hockey anymore. Uh, yep. she yep. was just, I guess, so, uh, turned off by the whole experience uh, towards the game, uh, and at this point, you know, I I can understand why. If if you mm -hmm. believe that the industry is you know sort of set on screwing you over, yeah, uh, yeah um, I uh, I can see where she's coming from. You know what I find fascinating, Parker, with with all these things, whether there's Rachel Dory or or anything, is uh, I guess that's what what Twitter is 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 you find very few people, and I'm in this. I, I'm in the place where I actually don't know. I'm going to wait to see what happens. But I'm not a Rachel Dory fan, nor I'm a Rachel Dory basher. But kind of what you hinted, there's this one section, subsection of Twitter that because she's a, a woman and because we didn't get to see what she brought to the team and there's all this conjecture about, oh, she must be bad. Yeah, no wonder she's not going to get a, another job in hockey because she, she right. stinks. Like, like, how can you even say that if you don't know anything about what she does and you don't know the story? Yet there's another group that will defend defend every you know breath that she takes and yeah, maybe some of those people know her and some people don't. I don't know. So it's kind of weird how you get both extremes like you do with everything and then I'm, for me, I'm just kind of going down the middle. Like I, I do a lot because I simply don't know what to think because I, I don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I think sometimes our, we're a little bit too rational for Twitter, <laughs> right? Where the, the whole point of Twitter is to be, yep. you know, I have a take and exactly. this is and that take. You, yes. So, hey, I can be as polarizing as I want because some people will agree with me. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And maybe maybe that would be good for us to do that a bit, but it would be it just isn't who we are, right? It's not who we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's just it's it's a it's it's a non-story at this point until yep. uh, things things for go sure. on. Uh, Jaskin says because they're talking about the coaching and we, uh, when we talk about coaches. And relieving Bruce Brujo, people are like, well, what about his assistants what, or associate coaches? What do they do? So correct me if I'm wrong, Parker. I think Jason King runs offense and therefore power play. I think Trent Call, late of Abbotsford or Utica, um, he does defense because I always see him on, standing on the defensive end. So that means he does penalty kill. And I believe Mike Yoga kind of just floats and stands next to Bruce Brujo. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that how they, the, the three guys do it? I have no idea. <laughs> Jason King's power. Play. I'm pretty sure Jason King's power play at least. And, that and, sounds right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I actually have no idea what any of them do. <laughs> I, it's seemingly not enough. That's all I know. Yeah. You know, I I met. Uh, I will stop dropping these. I met them at the Jake Milford tournament stories. But I met Mike Yo. He was awesome. I even asked him about his swig sting tirade in Minnesota from a decade ago. That was and, the highlight. Yeah, and he did say that. Um, it was obviously a bit dramatic, uh, obviously uh, uh, a way to send a message, but 
I don't know. He, he kind of chuckles about it right now. Here's a good question from Jaskarin that people wanted to ask. Um, Parker and Clay, how would you handle the Bo Horvat negotiations? I'll let you go first because Jaskarin thinks you could be the GM of the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna sign him? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go tell him, hey, yeah, you know this team that really sucks and hasn't been good the entire time you're here? Yeah, that's gonna change. So stay with us and take not too much money. Uh, if I'm Bo Horvat, my negotiations are, hey, you have to pay me a million dollars more than anyone else is offering because I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I don't want to play for a team that is continuously mediocre. And maybe I'm a part of that, but maybe I'm not. And maybe if I go somewhere else, I will find success and have much more fun and be somewhere warm and be on a team that wins 45 games a year and makes the playoffs. And, you know, I, I like what you're going to have to pay him a lot. There's no hometown discount coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've already sort of wronged him with signing JT Miller first. Yes. Um, there's no way. I, I don't see a way out of it for the Canucks, unless for some reason Bo Horvat is very set on staying. Yeah. But again, I see zero reason for him to be very set on staying. I agree with you 100%. If I was him, if I was his agent, I would say pay me 8 to $8.5 million, knowing that you're not going to get it. Then they say, sorry, we can't. Say, okay, then uh, thank you. Uh, get something for me. I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. I really do. Yeah, and I, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do one or two more. Uh, what, do you think of, what do you think of Besser's? What, what's wrong with the guy? <laughs> um, well, I mean, he had hand surgery. <laughs> yeah. But, Thomas yeah, Drance but... loves it, by the way. Me and my brother always talk about how Thomas Drance, like, is always talks about how the Canucks have all these ineffective contracts and blah, blah, blah. But he always defends Besser because he thinks he's like the best play driver. On the yeah. Team. Yeah. I, I, his underlying numbers are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, he always does. Like he, he's from is he's, he doesn't have anything flashy anymore. Right. Yeah. The problem is, you know, he, he was very flashy early in his career. Um, you know, he, he's usually in the right spot. He yep. does okay in board battles most of the time. You know, he wins mm-hmm. board battles. He makes good passes. He makes the smart play a lot. He has just lost the ability to do those flashy plays, right? Whether it's scoring, you know, 29 <laughs> goals or scoring any goals. Um, he's a consistent producer, though, right? Like his whole mm-hmm. career, you know, his first year, you know, 55 points, 56 points. 45 points, 57 games. The shortened season, 49 points, 56 games. He was the bright spot of that team the condensed season. Yep. Uh, last year, he wasn't great, but no one was, and he still had 46 <laughs> points in 71 games, right? Like, he was fine, yeah. right? 23 yeah. goals, 50-point pace. Uh, and this year, he has no goals in 10 games, but he does have eight assists, right? He's he's still producing at, like, a 60-point pace. Um, he's just not scoring goals. That's true. He's gonna, almost, he's yeah, not much off a point a game. That's a good point. Yeah, if you're if you're not going to score goals, you know, contribute in some way, right? Uh, and he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while, sure, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been himself. I mean, I can look at. Um, can I see where he's at for the year? Uh, I can just see his shift lengths. I can't see much more than that, unfortunately. <laughs> but. Yeah, he's uh like I think he's been fine. Um 
but obviously, you know, that's not what people are subscribed to, right? People right, want him to, right. to be that 30, 35 goal scorer that they were promised, but he just sort of isn't that at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a second line player who's going to score at a 50 to 60 point pace yeah. like he has every year, basically. Um, and, and that's fine. Yep. Wow. Well, lots of things to look forward to tomorrow. Who gets to start? Martin versus Demko. Is Podkosen going to play? If he does, who sits? Or or maybe he's going to sit naturally. Who's going to be on D? Um, you know, the Canucks aren't doing amazing, but what's amazing is you guys, over 100 of you in here as we're trying to wrap. What? You guys got nothing else? You guys are all night owls in here. I know Parker barely makes it to this time. I'm so. going straight to bed. Um... <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, you can jump right over Clay's stream after this um, uh, if you want more Canucks talk. You can also watch our, if you want more Canucks After Dark vibe stuff, you can go watch Game Over from last night, Game Over Vancouver. Just search like yep. SDPN or Game Over Vancouver. You'll find it uh, where we talked about last night's game uh, and some other stuff afterwards. Um, other than that, though, uh, you if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of minutes. Uh, and yeah, leave a five star review, share it, do it all, do all the good stuff. Uh, Clay, any parting words for this evening? My hot take, Parker Luongo and the Sedins and their commitment to winning and competition to each other inspires the Canucks to not lose tomorrow. I don't think the Canucks care enough to <laughs> well, be inspired. I that's bet, fair. I bet half the team won't have watched those speeches. Okay. Uh, and I, I think it's only going to be the ones that played with them. And yeah. really, it's not a ton of people at this it's point. Both. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. At this point, uh, hopefully they can do, you know, win a couple of games, at least be interesting. But yeah. the hope has, has been dwindling. We're sort of on the excitement of, you know, will something major happen at this point? Yeah. Um, or will the Canucks get Connor Bedard? Uh, thank you guys go. very much for joining us. Clay, any parting words? Yeah, I guess you and I will figure it out if we're streaming on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll let all you guys know. But in the meantime, enjoy the three games, including the Canucks coming back home this Friday. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, very much for joining. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. And we will see you tomorrow if the Canucks win. (laughs) Have a good one.